Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. San Antonio District Judge resigns after a federal corruption probe. A former San Antonio, Texas judge goes to federal prison after pleading guilty to accepting bribes in exchange for rigging cases in his court. Angus McGinty committed the ultimate judicial sin. Why did you do it? I did it because I was foolish. Listen to How to Bribe a Judge on RevolverPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. Gangsters, what's up, guys? John Anik and Kenny Florian. Oh, my God! You want a podcast? Great. So you have some audio on your website that nobody goes to. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Gentlemen, welcome to the fifth annual Anik and Florian Podcast Awards, the 2019 AFPAs. And now, here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Oh, it is the AFPAs. It is the fifth annual Anik and Florian Podcast Awards show. It is Monday, January 6, 2020, is the year. Happy New Year. It is episode 231 of the Anik and Florian Podcast. John Anna, Kenny Florian, Ian Parker, live on video off the top today. Kenfo, looking pretty good today, man. Beard's filling in. What's uh, up, kid? Thank you, dude. You as well. I'm just disappointed that our tuxedos didn't come in time uh, for this podcast. So that's unfortunate. We knew, you know, Parker, of course, is going to show up in a T-shirt. But you and I, we're classy guys. We, we just, they didn't come in, guys. So I apologize to our very loyal audience. Ian Parker, Parkland, Florida's finest. Are you wearing sweatpants right now, making me proud? What's on the lower half? <laughs> What's on the lower half? That's an interesting question when you can't see the lower half right now. I'm rocking the gray Under Armour Attic and Florian podcast sweatpants that will be available for purchase <laughs> in 2021. It. I love it. And I am in uh, Reebok <laughs> cutoff sweatpants right now yes. and a, a wicked tuna, hot tuna fisheries t-shirt. Uh, but enough about that. If you are on the new YouTube channel, though, we do appreciate that. Uh, we're 231 episodes in, obviously, but on the video side, uh, far less. So a lot 
to get to today, but I do want to start with uh, what's going on in Australia, guys, because probably 10% of our audience is from there and that region. And if you've been living in a hole and don't know about the fires that have just devastated that country and the, the animals lost, uh, if you're any sort of animal person or animal activist, this is just uh, torture to see, Ken Flo. And, and I know you certainly are that. Um, certainly Australia is on our minds today before we kick off the awards. Uh, it, it's insane, man. You know, um, I, I don't think I was fully aware of what was going on over there. And you start to see these pictures and um you know these segments on the news it is absolutely devastating man of what is happening over there uh my heart goes to uh, my heart goes out to everyone who's in australia having to deal with that and um you know again they, they, there's an american red cross um you know organization set up in australia to to help support that i hope you guys can go out there and and support uh that uh organization and uh they're really in in a very very tough situation right now all right, so we will see how that transpires, and certainly a lot of the high-profile fighters in that area have gone to great lengths to try to get the message out there as they continue to raise funds. And again, for these firemen and women, right, if you think about these men and women just living and breathing this stuff every day, 24-7, and rescuing humans and animals, uh, it's a crazy reality when all of a sudden it's dropped upon you. So we're thinking about those people, but we do want to get to the awards. We have 10 of them today if we hand out the award for Hottest Male Fighter, the uh, the looks competition. I don't know if we're going to hand that award out. We will start uh, with the Rookie of the Year in 2019. TJ, take it, take it away. Now, Kenny Florian and Ian Parker's 2019 AFA Winner 4, Rookie of the Year. Here's the undefeated heavyweight at Apada Maribo, Suriname, Jardino, Biggie Boy, Rosenstroy. He's in the gray and he sits down, Crowder right away. Yeah, that's the oh, yeah, that's oh, away. Oh, he's out. Whoa! Crowder doesn't know where he is. He's looking around, he's looking at the stars, looking at the sky, thinking, what just happened? The Anakin Florian Podcast Awards. UFC Fight Pass for the audio. Thanks to those guys. Ian Parker, you got to like hearing TJ say your name there in the voiceover. Uh, but you guys both had Jarzinho Rosenstrike as the Rookie of the Year. And and I think an obvious choice, Ken Flo, for a lot of people. Huge breakout star. And we'll see how he spins it forward against Francis Ngannou in 2020. But a big year for uh, Suriname's Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, listen, just, just to fight four times in one calendar year, uh, is extremely impressive and very difficult to do. Uh, to win four times uh, out of those four fights is even more difficult. And to get a knockout or TKO in every single one of those fights is just ridiculous. And let me put a little cherry on top. Do it. In his final fight, he knocked out Alistair Overeem, uh, you know, one of the greatest strikers, one of the greatest heavyweight strikers to ever compete in the UFC, uh, getting it done in the fifth round when he absolutely needed uh, to do that. Uh, that's as impressive as it comes. He is definitely my rookie of the year. Ian Parker, certainly no rookie when it comes to combat sports and striking, but UFC rookie and Rosenstrike was the guy for you as well among the rookies in uh, 2019. Yeah, absolutely. Kenny pretty much covered everything. And to do a double cherry on top, you know, to now set himself up for arguably, arguably the biggest fight of his career that, and then a possible title shot if he goes out and knocks out Ngannou. There's not too many guys outside of an Israel Adesanya, that within a year, do the undefeated thing, finish all of them. And the thing that impressed me the most about his fight against Overeem, I don't know if I agreed with all the car- with all the scores, but he went five rounds. His cardio 
was not, you know, he kept to his style. He wasn't overly aggressive. You know, he avoided the takedowns after the third round. You know, he looked more fresh than Alistair Overeem did. And I think just to see that level of maturity, even though he's a, you know, he's been around for a little bit, but in MMA, and I think Kenny, you'd probably agree to see that level of maturity in MMA in a short period of time. Phenomenal. Happy. He's the rookie of the year. And I'm very curious to see how he does against Nganu. That's going to be a crazy fight. Rookie of the Year is a tricky category, right, because of the whole debuting inside the calendar year. For me, it was Amanda Hebos. I thought the win over Mackenzie Dern was of such a high profile, and I think her ceiling is such that uh, that she's my 2019 Rookie of the Year. Certainly, Rosenstrike would get wide consideration, and rightfully so. But uh, I think Hebos can really make a run here at 115 pounds, and uh it's interesting because I think Mackenzie Dern's in a very good spot as well and actually went into that fight in a pretty good spot and still was unable to handle all of, of Hebas's tools. And Pahumpa, of course, Marcos Damata down here has just been chewing my ear off. Give me cauliflower. You're talking about Hebas for years. So I know, Ian, you considered her as well and uh, wanted to give Amanda Hebas the acknowledgement uh, as my 2019 Rookie of the Year. All right, today's Ray Longo Minute brought to you by OddShark.com. OddShark, your source for the latest odds from leading authorities, expert editorial content, and detailed matchup picks with expert in-depth analysis for each game. Their free statistics, numbers, and trends will help you make the sharp picks on game day. Head over to OddShark and start playing like a shark today. OddShark.com, don't forget that second S. And if you're OddShark.com, which is one-stop shopping for me when it comes to odds. It's like you, you want the Ray Longo Minute, right? This is the award show. You don't want to sponsor the whole thing. You want the Ray Longo Minute. That's what Odd Shark gets. Ray Longo now joins us live from Garden City, New York. Ray Longo. Damn, John. You're on fire today with that, <laughs> that intro. It's one way to put it. It's one way Come to put on, it. Danny, so, uh, if you didn't know what it was two minutes ago, you know what it is now. That's all that matters. There you go. There you go. So uh, it's been a crazy two weeks with no UFC action, Ray. And I know you and I were talking off the air this morning how we don't really know what day it is. We're not sure. I think the holidays are over now. I think we can all agree on that. But it's kind of been a whirlwind despite the fact that we haven't been uh, been on that UFC grind in, in terms of our, our viewing, you know. You know what? You know what's funny, John? It's like when there's a fight every week, people are bitching. It's too many fights. When there's no fights and they're complaining I'm yeah. having a withdrawal symptoms. I, I gotta. I have to honestly tell you, I miss the fights. I I definitely feel. Uh, you know, I I think what they're doing is a great thing because everybody's eyeballs are going to be on McGregor and Cerrone. You know, because it's almost like cabin fever. You got to watch something. So I think yeah. that's going to be great for those two guys. Uh, but yeah, no, I miss uh, I miss the uh, I miss the action every weekend. It is interesting, right? Because 41 shows should be enough, and yet sometimes the way it falls, it, it doesn't feel like enough when you have these gaps. And it's obviously going to make UFC 246 huge. I don't know how intended it was promotionally, but it certainly is going to lift the profile of Conor McGregor's return. Ray, what do you think about Conor McGregor's return? It seems like a big part of the narrative is is the lack of respect uh, being handed to the winningest fighter in UFC history, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. I don't know if that statement is a reflection of the betting odds. Uh, but what do you think about the fight competitively between Donald Cerrone and Conor McGregor now here coming up in 12 days? Man, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, I really like Cerrone's uh, chance in this fight. And, you know, like, again, the only thing that could beat Donald Cerrone is just for the time. You know, it might be, you know, he's getting up there a little bit. But I'm saying that Donald Cerrone of uh, a couple of years ago is winning that fight. I, and I think he's going to win. I really believe he's winning this fight. Uh, 
I think he's got more ways to win, and uh, he's definitely competitive. He's been active. I think he's taken enough of a break where he should come in fresh, and uh, we'll see what happens. You know, McGregor's had a long layoff. He hasn't had a win in a couple of years. Uh, I think the pressure's on McGregor more than it's on Cerrone by, by, all, by all means, you know. Ray, uh, obviously, um, you know, it was, it was a tremendous year for the UFC, a ton of fights. Um, this is our award show. Who do you have as your coach of the year? Uh, I'm going to tell you something. There's, there's been, look, first of all, there's a lot of great coaches out there. I, I think the, the obvious uh, guys are the guys in New Zealand without Asanya. I'm not even sure of the names, but those guys, look, they yeah. did a great job. They had talented athletes. They had a couple of guys. Uh, with big wins, those guys are phenomenal. But I'm going to I'm going to go out with something, and I'll tell you why. And there's also that um, I'm just horrible with names. The, the guy in That's all Texas, right. we got you. guy just had a big. You know, I think he does Safe. a great job. He's motivating. You know what? What happens, Kenny, is these young guys now that they're trying to make a name for themselves. They're just trying harder. You know what I mean? And they're doing a great job. And. Uh, it shows, you know, you you could see the difference. But I'm going to go with Santino DeFranco for one reason. I think love he it. did a great job Absolutely with Cerruto. He's a young guy. You could see when you speak to him, uh, he speaks intelligently. And this is why I'm giving it to him. He has made the adjustment in the corner. As a coach, You, it's on tape. You could see him make the adjustments. you got to do this, you got to do that. And his guys go out and they do it and they win. And that's why I'm going with Santino. I think he's a he's a a great coach. He's a nice young kid, and I think he's got a great future in front of him. And I'm going with him only because he he makes those calls in the corner. Like everybody else could have yeah. talented guys uh, and that type of stuff, but that that's the reason I'm going to go with Santino. What a great fucking answer, Kenny, right? Because yeah. if you think about it, when people are handing out hardware for Coach of the Year and they're looking at that team, a lot of people are going to look at the captain, Eric Albadacine, and the nature of this award, and we'll get to our winners in a little bit, it's the Robert Fallish Corner Man of the Year, right? It's Slash Coach, but ultimately the the – the juxt the gist of the award was to try to reward that in corner work in a lot of respects. So I'm glad that you went that way. And Ray, in terms of your fighter of the year, your male fighter of the year, it was a bad year to be the fighter of the year because it was so rich in terms of the competition. Who was the fighter of the year for you in 2019? Oh man, I, uh, I mean, I'm going to have to go without a Sonya on that. I hope I'm yeah. not forgetting. I hope I'm, I mean, it, I mean, all there were so many good guys. I thought Usman was phenomenal. I mean, I could go. I, I, I don't. I, I don't even know. I think Adesanya. He stepped up to the big show. You know, he backed up his talk, and you know, he put on phenomenal performances against really, really tough competition. So I'm going to go with Adesanya as fighter of the year. Uh, but you know, I hate to do that because there's so many other guys that would just really. Unbelievable! Uh, Usman comes to mind. Thought he had a great year. He yeah. had great wins. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I go without Asanya. I think he I uh, he backed up the talk, and uh, you know, like again, he comes from a great camp. You know, you could even like Volkanovski. You know, he's the, the bad situations, and it looks like they're just covering all the bases. And uh, the fact that you know these guys come out, they support each other. You know, during the fights, when they they should be in the dressing room, uh, 
you know, warming up. I just think it shows the closeness and the warmth and the, uh, you know, just a lot of good stuff. So I'm going to go with Adesanya, but that whole team gets a, gets a big, big, big credit for everything. I like what they stand for. I like the fact that they go in and they fight. All right, buddy. Well, have a great week. Who's first out of the shoot for you in 2020? I know you guys are well underway. Uh, first out of the shoot is uh, we got an up-and-coming kid, <coughs> uh, Naz, who's going to fight February 1st. He's, uh, he's a talent, somebody to look at in the future. And then we go right to Marab in New Mexico. He's got a tough fight against Casey oh, Kenny, yeah. but... He's, he's he's busting out of the gates already. This guy. I, had a, I was with him last night. He's he's just he's a pleasure to work with. That's going to be a that's going to be a great fight between two really, you know, guys with a similar style. I think so. <coughs> that's All right, go it. get uh, I have like six guys, six or seven guys fighting a week after. Good, crazy February. All right, go get yourself a lozenge, and uh, we will we will talk to you next week. I love the fact that you don't even know the surnames of your own fighters. Can you learn the last names of your own fighters, please? Oh, uh, these are hard names to pronounce. We're in a time ah, now where Rob, yeah. you know you got to be hooked on phonics to get some of this stuff. <laughs> I, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I don't know if I can pronounce them. I, I still can't pronounce the Rob Live <laughs> name. Uh, you know, everybody has a nickname around here. That's it. Yeah. That's all you have to know. Yeah. These guys want to be known. Uh, they're known by their nicknames. But Nas is a great kid, that's and I will, uh, I'll get his name down pat next time. I promise. That's okay. why I call everybody, hey, you. Just do that. Let's do that. Yo, you. Hey, you. You know the old, yeah. you know the old right, joke of those guys that uh, thought their name was Jesus Christ growing up because every time they were in, <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah. get in here. <laughs> Yeah. Stop doing Jesus, can you stop? That's an oldie, but <laughs> oh, that's, that's all though. I got today, guys. All right, buddy. I know you got a private here uh, seven minutes ago. Thanks for the time. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. Get us Happy New Year. Get us Happy New Year. Ray Longo right. with us weekly here on the Anakin Florian podcast. Ian, I know you wanted to chime in there. I know you guys go way back, but uh, in the nature of time, I just wanted to. And really... My producer, TJ DeSantis, if you really want to know, is texting me that his phone was terrible and TJ doesn't like audio issues, so we had to get Ray out of there. What were, what what did, you, what did you want to say to Ray there, Ian? I'm just impressed that Kenny guessed the name that Ray used to call me is Hey You. That's pretty good, <laughs> Kenny. I don't know how you got hey. that one. But that was, uh, Hey You, get, get, get in there. What the fuck's hey wrong you. with you? You, you know? Hey, you know, the if, first three months, it was just the headgear. I never took it off. I was like, he doesn't need to know my name. It's it, fine. If we're doing bad uh, MMA jokes, what do you call uh, Ray Longo's uh, cough drop of choice? What do you got? Ray Cola. Whoa. That, I mean, that's good. I can yeah. tell you've procreated. That is a fucking terrible dad joke. Uh, all right. So, rookie of the year's in the can. Jarzinho Rosenstrike, Amanda Hebas. I absolutely love that Santino DeFranco acknowledgement. We're not quite at our Robert Fallis Cornerman Coach of the Year. we got to get to the breakout star of the year, and we will get to Team Florian's biggest breakout UFC star of 2019. 
Now, Kenny Florian's 2019 AFA winner for Breakout Star of the Year. Alexander Volkanovsky trying to become the first Australian-born fighter to win a UFC title. Look at the size of the tree trunk legs on Volkanovsky. <laughs> so big. And another inside kick. Seems like that is a big part of the strategy. Ooh, ooh. Max out a little bit of a limp there. He tried to check that one. The whole leg is getting chewed up. Inside, outside, low, high. I have no idea who won the fight. But I you think never he know. did enough. The question is whether or not the judges scored correctly. The judges scored the contest for the winner. And new undisputed UFC featherweight champion of the world. Alexander, the great The Anakin Florian Podcast Awards. So Ken Flo, given finding a way to get Volko a little hardware, UFC Fight Pass credit for the audio. Alexander Volkanovsky, Kenny, your breakout star of the year in 2019, and the man certainly broke up. Yeah, that's right. Listen, consistency in this sport is hard to come by, and Volkanovsky has had uh, a few excellent years uh, in the UFC. This year in particular, though, um, was very impressive. I mean, you look at the debate. Who is the greatest featherweight of all time? Uh, it's either Jose Aldo or Max Holloway. That's what everyone kind of talks about. Well, how about if you beat them both in one calendar year? That, that's that is extremely impressive. Um, the way that he went about it, I thought, was very impressive as well. This is a guy who obviously has uh, a high level of intelligence when he goes out there to compete. He does the right thing. This guy is tough as hell, um, doesn't always lead with it. I thought we saw... Um, his toughness and, and his ability to grind out a win against Aldo. And then we saw a very different Alexander Volkanovsky against Max Holloway using his intelligence, using his ability to stick and move, get in, get out, utilizing the right weapons at the right time and getting that decision win over the great Max Holloway. Uh, yeah, that's my breakout star of the year, man. And it's a category that obviously is open to interpretation. And for you, Jorge Masvidal, the breakout star of 2019. Yeah, listen, you know, Kenny brings up a great point with Volkanovski, what he did, uh, you know, beating Aldo, beating Holloway, finishing out the year strong. But to me, breakout star comes with literally stardom, popularity, everything you could think of. And he's kind of, I think, really brought back the attention to this welterweight division. Even though Colby and Usman did a great job building up that grudge, I think the casual fan really didn't even possibly <laughs> didn't even know what division they were even in to a certain extent. I just think Masvidal coming out and doing what he did to Askren, Finishing Nate Diaz, even though the whole cut situation, but let's be honest, you know, another round, that thing would have been stopped anyway. He was just doing everything. And now, whatever he wants, he's going to get. You know, we're talking about a title shot, a Conor McGregor potential. To me, that is a star in the making. He is the most popular guy in the UFC right now, outside of Conor McGregor. And from going from, like, this journeyman, what everyone was calling him, I mean, supposedly, did he not fight in 2018, like, at all? Did he, didn't, he didn't have a single fight? Yeah, so not have a single fight. To be in the in MMA as long as he has, not get the recognition he probably deserves outside of the uh, Amada submission in Bellator, right? He was known for kind of getting that crazy triangle on him. To turn it around and now be the biggest star on the planet outside of Connor, to me, Masvidal is definitely my breakout star of the year. I love it, and he's got as good a case as anybody. He really does. It's incredible to think where he was just a few years ago uh, in split decision hell, and now he's on top <laughs> of the MMA world. Uh, and if it weren't for Adesanya, who we'll get to later, uh, he would have just been sweeping a bunch of these categories. So 
breakout star of the year for me, and maybe I'm in this UFC bubble, uh, but for me, it's Piotr Jan. Not only is the UFC's Bantamweight division on fire, uh, but I think it's the way this guy is winning. The way guys like Ken Flo and Daniel Cormier and Joe Rogan talk about this guy and what they see in terms of his ceiling and his future, and perhaps it's a look ahead a little bit for me, but uh, Piotr Jan, outstanding boxer, great jab, but high fight IQ, all the skills you would want, great finishing instincts, great chin, not afraid to get hit. You know, I think John Dodson knocked him down a few fights ago, and he just has all the tools to me to, to be a champion and potentially a long reigning one at that. You know, shout out to our guy, Danny Rube, who, uh, who was able to find Piotr Jan and manage him and get him to the UFC. So uh, my breakout star of the year in 2019, Russian boxer Piotr Jan. All right, now we get to the Robert Follis cornerman slash coach of the year. Santino DeFranco, the choice for Ray Longo. Ken Flo, you and Ian went Eugene Behrman. A lot of city kickboxing credit out there, and rightfully so. Ian, we'll start with you here. Eugene Behrman, your cornerman of the year in 2019. Oh, look, I mean, the work speaks for itself. I mean, to have on Asanya, Volkanovski do what they did in a short period of time. And even a guy like Dan Hooker, who came out the gate hot, Took a loss to Barbosa that was really, really hard to watch. And then he comes back out and he dominates Ally Aquinta, who is no slouch in the division, fought the top. You know, it just seems like he's got this close-knit group of guys that he's focusing on. And just a level of success, just a dominant level of success. You know, I mean, Dan Hooker could be fighting for a title within the next year, within the next couple of wins. I mean, he's someone that, again, he came in really aggressive, had a rough loss, bounced back against a top-level guy. And Adesanya is a star. Volkanovski, as we just talked about, beating Aldo and Holloway. The sky's the limit for these guys. He, there was no question who the coach of the year was for me, and that's Eugene Behrman. Kenny, another competitive category here, obviously. We mentioned the guys down there fight ready and Santino DeFranco, Captain Eric Albadacin. I mean, you could go team to team, right? American top team. In the past on the APAs, we've done a team of the year, and American top team is certainly well represented there. Conan Silvera, Mike Brown, all those guys. Dean Thomas. Um, I like the captain for what he did with Paolo Costa, but I guess to Ian's point and to your point, Kenny, if you're paid by a voting body, right, to hand out an award, Eugene Behrman, chief corner for two guys who became undisputed UFC champions in 2019, you got to give him a fucking trophy. Well, well, that's it. You just summed it up. I mean, how many coaches are out there that have been in the game their whole lives and they won't have one UFC world champion ever? Uh, this guy has accomplished that feat twice in one year. Doesn't get any better than that. Uh, you know, Ian was talking about uh, Dan Hooker, who went undefeated in 2019 as well, getting a great win over Ally Quinta, also uh, knocking out James Vick. Uh, I mean, uh, that's extremely impressive. Uh, that's three. Those are three undefeated guys fighting at the highest level right there. Two of them world champions. The way that they went about it and the guys that they beat. Come on. Uh, th he's obviously doing something different than everybody else. That's what's separating him from the rest of the pack. Not only what he's doing in the gym, but what he says in between rounds. Uh, Eugene Behrman is definitely, uh, you know, th that award winner for me. And if this was the Mixed Martial Arts Writers Association of America, I'd probably have to write in Eugene Behrman, but it's the Anakin Florian Podcast Awards. I'm going <laughs> safe, Saud. Fortis MMA, 19-5 and five on the year. From the moment we met this guy, Ken Flo, right when he was cornering Damon Jackson in Brazil like seven or eight years ago, just... 
he just had this way about him, this infectiousness that if I was to train, I think he'd be a guy that I'd want to work harder for when we're doing that high intensity stuff. You know, preaches accountability. He's obviously proven to be a tremendous leader, great corner man and on fight night, but just a, a general ability to get all of these guys to buy in, to maximize your utility. I think he's really getting the best out of guys like Ryan Spann and Alonzo Menafield and Jeff Neal. And we'll see if he can have one of these guys break through and become a UFC champion. But big picture for his body of work, my 2019 Robert Fallis Cornerman of the Year is safe Saud. All right, now we get to the upset of the year, TJ DeSantis. For me, this was a no-brainer. I think a lot of different opinions here. Let's get to the 2019 upset of the year. Now, John Annick's 2019 AFA winner for Upset of the Year. Devontae Smith and Kama Worthy were not just former training partners, but friends. When we asked Devontae Smith about Kama Worthy, he said, oh, that's my dude from Pittsburgh. Future about as bright as it gets for Smith in the lightweight division. Big betting favorite here tonight against his former training partner, Worthy. Oh, boy. We got it. Worthy, Devontae Smith suffers his first UFC loss. He was the minus 1,000 favorite. Kama Worthy got the call on Sunday, and he cashes at plus 650 tonight. What a moment for the Pittsburgh PA native Kama Worthy. The Anik and Florian Podcast Awards. UFC fight pass for the audio. I don't know that I need to say any more. Minus 1,000. No way the line should have been that wide, Kenny, given the backdrop that was outlined there in terms of how close these guys were. I mean, we were sort of thinking going in there, man, this just, this has some weird circumstances written all over it. Comma worthy getting it done for me for the upset of the year for you though. And I went back and watched this fight because you and Ian both landed on Anthony Showtime Pettis, March 23, Nashville, Tennessee, huge main event upset win over Steven Wonderboy Thompson at welterweight. And, and I love it. I think it's a great choice. And, uh, for you, given all of those circumstances, Pettis, uh, was the guy for upset of the year. It was, it was surprising. You know, I, I think that when you look at, uh, Steven Wonderboy Thompson and the kind of skills that he brings, uh, into the octagon for me, he's one of the greatest strikers to ever compete, uh, in the UFC period across all weight classes. Um, his style, his flashiness, his ability to, uh, evade strikes himself, his footwork. I mean, it, it's just amazing. And the way he matched up against Anthony Pettis, who is another striker, I said, listen, this is a bad matchup for Anthony Pettis, who really, in my mind, is a true 155-pounder coming up uh, at welterweight against Wonder Boy. I did not like that fight for him. Uh, not only did he get the upset win against Wonder Boy, but again, the fashion in which he did it, jumping off the cage yet again, uh, yeah. except this time with a, with a punch, um, I thought was was tremendous. And the way that he was kind of slowing Wonder Boy down with those leg kicks leading up to it, he was losing the fight, but he kept kind of trucking on and uh, ended up getting a, a big upset win via knockout uh, against Wonder Boy. And in a main event, just a crazy, yeah. crazy ending Certainly a lot of appeal for that selection, Ian Parker. That was your uh, 2019 upset of the year as well. Yeah, you know, I think also, if I'm correct, was that Anthony Pettis' first fight at 170 also, or maybe his first or second fight? It was just to go into that type of fight to try to have a resurgence in your career after kind of being on the downfall at 55, dangerous. He's known for his striking. Yes, Anthony Pettis has got great jiu-jitsu, but off his back. You don't know Anthony Pettis to be the guy to be aggressive with the takedown get on top. He got a lot of his arm bars and triangles all from the bottom, not from setting up and mount. I know I'm talking like I'm the jujitsu guy, Kenny. I apologize for that. 
But I figured you would correct me if I didn't know what I was talking about. But um, yeah, for Anthony Pettis to come out, get, he's really losing bad in those few rounds. The leg kicks for good. But if you go back and watch that fight, he was clearly losing those rounds. But man, what a Superman punch. What a knockout against the guy who's never been knocked out. So I had Anthony Pettis in that fight as well as a lucky shot to try and get some points on the board there. And uh, to me, I think just of the level of notoriety of the fight compared to the combo worthy. But but you want to know something, though? Combo worthy with those odds. You don't see that happen too often in the UFC. Other organizations, it happens. But in the UFC, it does not. So, John, your pick is spot on for the odds. I think Kenny and I chose the one that was probably a little bit more of a high-profile name. Yeah, 200 bucks on Kama Worthy, turnaround 1300 Ian Park will be the first to tell you that. All right, knockout of the year. Oh, yeah. So there were some late nominations that came in, chief among them. How about Irene Aldana against Ketlin Vieta, right? I mean, that's a knockout of the year candidate for sure, but ultimately, as far as our 2019 knockout of the year, at least on this program, there was a consensus. Now, the unanimous choice for 2019's AFA Winner 4, Knockout of the Year. Game Bread is in the building. The fight clock is brought to you by Mojo. Oh! Just turned in the fastest knockout in UFC history. Five, Five seconds, wow. the official time. That, that dude was talking wild, man. You know, I had to show him that there's consequences sometimes. There's some bad motherfuckers out there. You don't want to wake them up. The Anakin Florian Podcast Awards. <laughs> Thanks to UFC Fight Pass for the audio. And Ben Askren was undefeated. I mean, there are a lot of reasons why this was the knockout of the year for all three of us. Certainly, you could have gone... Masvidal versus Till, if you wanted to be creative with it, as Michael Bisping was on our UFC Fight Pass recap show. But Kemflo, there's so many layers to this for for Masvidal. It, you know, give me a ballot. It just seems. How how do you not give this one your award? It, it has to be. It has to be. Um, listen, you talk about the fastest knockout of all time. The fact that he was able to render John Anik and Joe Rogan speechless. I mean, how many times does that happen? Uh, and the, the, the violence in which he did that, the fact that he was preparing to do that very same jump knee prior to that fight, it's what he had envisioned. Um, the the relaxation before the fight of him just kind of smiling like he knew something that no, no one else did. Yeah, he did. It came in the form of a knee that was absolutely brutal that probably, uh, you know, changed Ben Askren's career forever. Uh, Masvidal is that dude, and also it, it also elevated him to a level of stardom, as Ian talked about earlier, uh, that we really hadn't seen before. That is a knee that I think everyone saw, um, even you know guys who had never watched the sport before. So to have one single strike and one knockout that kind of allows you to become this huge star, uh, that that's maybe the knockout of the decade, right? Yeah, I mean, certainly deserves consideration. I think for me, I, I I always go back to Anderson Silva against Vitor Belfort. But if you're talking pure move, it's Edson Barboza against Terry Edom. But uh, I, yeah. I don't know. A lot of different directions we could go there. But Ian, for you, it was uh, it was George Masvidal. Crazy to think that he followed up the till result with this result against Ben Askren. And an easy choice, I would think, for you for 2019 KO of the year. 
Yeah, no, listen, to Kenny's point, we saw the video footage of it after the fight, him practicing it, literally the same cadence, the same way he ran. It was just kind of crazy. His facial expression, I don't know what he said to Ben, where he went, like, I don't know if it was like, yo, like, shake hands, or you really want me to just knee you in the face. Kenny, there's one person who did not see that knee, though, and that was Ben Askren. Yeah. Um, that thing was dirty, and the only other thing I remember with that fight was Mr. Anna going, game bread! And that's got to be tied along with this knockout, because when you hear, you and Joe were just talking, like, I think you were still doing the uh, the advertiser or the sponsor right. of the fight, and that knee hits, and those two punches after that were super necessary were so violent. Um, ben admitted he did not feel those, so I kind of feel a little less bad, although that was so hard to watch, reminding yeah. of Bisping and Hendo. But Kenny, you made a good point. That type of shot <clears throat> blasts you into stardom, and there's one other fighter that did the same thing, Conor McGregor knocking out Jose Aldo. Yeah. That, I think, propelled him big time. Yeah, that's what yes. from Masvidal. Yeah. That and changed Aldo, too. was so filthy. And oh, changed Aldo, Aldo changed well. Aldo, changed yeah. him to a different yeah. division. Yeah. Into a different fucking division. Yeah, so Masvidal did the damn thing. That knee was... And you know what's crazy, too? I don't want to rant about this, but he even said it was a go big or go home because if he misses that knee, Askren's on top of him probably in side mount already or possibly on his back. And Askren on top of you is one of the worst guys you want. So credit for throwing that high-risk move, landing it flush, and not putting himself in a dangerous position. Man, that dude is a star. Holy fuck, that was nasty. And I do think the two extra shots, if you're the fighter, are super necessary, right? <laughs> like, I do, in, in some respects, Ken Flo, right? Like, I know... Generally speaking, I don't like the late shots, but I just feel like you got to close the show. You know what I mean? You got to close hey, the show. The fighter's job is to fight, right? Uh, the referee's got to jump in there. Luckily, he did get in there when he could, as fast as he could. But yeah, I agree. What a year for Jorge Gamebred. Masvidal on the call, Ian, was sort of like game over, right? Like game bread, like game set match. Did you call glass? I called game to go um, with the great best ball Best call of the year as well. Oh, uh, thank Mr. you, Mr. Anik. Yeah, too kind, Ken. Well, right. without a doubt, so, your timing, your timing was <laughs> your timing was insane. Yeah, was so you. good. Thank you. I, I thankfully I was looking up uh, at the right time. I guess almost missed the whole thing though. To be honest with you, tonight's fight clock is brought to you by Modelo. Uh, all right, so knockout of the year. There was consensus. There was not when it comes to the submission of the year in 2019. Now, Kenny Florian's 2019 AFA winner for. Submission of the year. Not only is Lyman good fighter in the hands, he's also carrying the weight of Damian Meyer, which is putting a lot of strain on the legs and the back. Good composure here, though, from Lyman Good. Doing the right things, he's staying calm, he's fighting the hands. Oh, and there's the tap! Wow! Welcome back, Damian Meyer! That is how it's done, ladies and gentlemen. That is what Damian Meyer does. That's what makes him one of the best in the world. He becomes the first fighter to finish Lyman Good. And it's not very often you see a rear naked choke from standing. But against a guy like Damian Meyer, it's just a matter of time before you tap. As I said before, he's built an entire career of doing this, of choking people, of squeezing people, of crushing their souls. The Anakin Florian Podcast Awards. Audio courtesy UFC Fight Pass. Ken Flo, I love that you went in this direction with Damian Maya because Lyman Good is such a sophisticated preparer and he spent eight weeks trying to avoid these type of scenarios and yet there's just nothing you can do. Now, you're reading my mind, John. Andy. That's exactly right. Listen, you can prepare for it all you want and then it still happens to you. I mean, if you go against Damian Maya, you know, okay, the only thing I got to do is <laughs> just not let him take my back. And if he does take my back, I'm just going to work my escapes this whole camp. 
it didn't matter. And you look at these guys, you know, if you if you typed in, you know, what is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in 2019 into Google, uh, that's the fight that should come up. You look at Damian Maia, dad bod, you look at Lyman Good, looks like a bodybuilder over here on Venice Beach, and uh, he went out there, you see him climb on his back from the standing position, a standing rear naked choke, he looked like a, a lion trying to take down a giant water buffalo, <laughs> eventually got it, yeah. just just, just beautiful, man, Damian Maia is the man, a, a, a true hero to everyone in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu community. And he did it, what, at 41 or something? Oh, right? at least, at least yeah. 70s, baby, like yeah. a lot of uh, the guys on this show. Ian Parker was born in the 1980s, though. Uh, Ian, you're a jiu-jitsu guy. Uh, before we get to your submission of the year, what would you think about Maya against Good? And uh, by the way, Kenflo's got a big jiu-jitsu seminar coming up in the U.K. We'll get to that later. But, Ian, you're, you're a member of that renowned jiu-jitsu community. That's nice of you to say. Um, yeah, I'm born in I'm, I'm born in '85, so I'm, I might Jeez. be the youngest on the oh, show. Oh we'll God, play. fuck! Yeah, I didn't want to reveal that. I felt kind of bad when you guys were talking about it with TJ last week. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm <laughs> yeah, That's sorry so about that. In um, 1984, you were born. No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't even born yet, man. You were really. You started young. Just Probably kidding. why. You know, I mean, it's all good. <laughs> um, so, listen. The one thing I want to mention too is obviously based on Kenny's comments about the dad bot thing with Damien Maya. Obviously, Kenny's choice for hottest male fighter of the year is going to be based on Damien's body as well. Uh, although I don't want to talk as much shit. See, Kenny in person, he, when the when we go off and the video is playing, he's got like this evil stare. Like he's purposely looking at me to say something stupid. I don't know what's going on. But uh, I, I, think, I think, you know, I'm sitting there like, nope. And Kenny's like flexing like he's Clay Guido over there. Um, listen, you know, Damien is such a smart fighter. And I think he knows against a guy like Lyman Good striking you don't want to go there and to kenny's point and to your point john it's so hard against guys that you prepare purposely for certain things and the fact that he could still do it to this day and now he's got a fight coming up against gilbert burns which Ooh. i don't know that's a, a crazy some i give damien a lot of credit for taking on a guy like burns who is one of the top guys in brazilian jiu-jitsu right now and the striking he's coming along he's on a rampage he volunteers for every fight damien maya did a hell of a job that backpack rear naked choke submission was insane I don't blame Kenny for making that pick. So I loved, I love Damian Maya. You hear, I've been practicing that. I didn't fuck that up and put too many syllables on that shit. <laughs> well, and I didn't call you out earlier. Francis Ngannou is a high enough profile guy, probably a future UFC what heavyweight champion. Say? Hang on a second. Okay. It's three syllables, right? Ngannou. I think for purposes of this show, that's one that you've sure. got to figure out a way to get right. There's no you. What did I it's say? Ngannou. Did I say Ngannou? We're yeah, just going Ngannou. <laughs> so uh, right, we'll see if uh, I gotcha. we'll see it. if you can uh, get that done for next hey, week. Hey, my, my, my favorite Parkerism is Juicy Ferminga. It's like a drink for <laughs> someone named Minga. I don't know why he says that <laughs> yeah. over and over again, but he does. You want you want to know who on. thought that was funny too? My bookie when I bet on him against Figueroa. <laughs> oh, fuck you, guy. <laughs> All, right. All right, let us get to the other award winner for submission of the year. Now, John Anik and Ian Parker's 2019 AFA winner for Submission of the Year. Got to be careful here. Yeah, he's going to get put in. Set up a twister. Yep. No way. No way. Oh, oh my God, he's got that. That's tight. Oh, my God. Bryce Mitchell. Bryce Mitchell. That's unbelievable. Sean Shelby, get your checkbook out right now, baby. I think you're writing $50,000 for Bryce Mitchell. The twister. Yeah. This is the most painful. 
Oh, oh, just man. the second twister in UFC history. Thug Nasty, Bryce Mitchell, just the second twister submission in UFC history. How do you feel? Y'all know I love Arkansas. And Reebok, y'all gonna have to kill me or make me some camo shorts because I ain't shutting up till then. And Donald Trump, I'm up here in D.C. If you need help with some politician, holler at me, brother. I'll do it for free. The Anakin Florian Podcast Awards. I'll do it for free. Bryce Mitchell, what a legend. Audio courtesy UFC Fight Pass. TJ, your check's fatter this week for including his epic post-fight interview. Yeah, I mean, I'm a former member of that renowned jiu-jitsu community, right? I think when I see a twister, and, and it happens in December, right, that's going to be my sub of the year. But I, I do believe that uh, you have to consider stakes as well. Uh, but for me, this was a no-brainer. Bryce Mitchell against Matt Sales and Ian Parker. You and I were in agreement here. What do you got for me on Bryce Mitchell's twister? Oh, man. You know, and he was actually an underdog in this fight uh, by a little bit with, on the betting lines. I thought it was a little surprising because the styles didn't really – I wasn't really too fearful uh, for Bryce Mitchell. But, man, I think landing a twister, at, whether it's December or January, I, I don't know. I mean, Kenny, obviously, I would, I would throw this to you. But that's just – man, that's such a painful submission to be in. Number it one, is. number two, to actually get it on the big stage. And man, this guy's interview is unbelievable. He, you know, Derek Lewis did his thing. This guy's doing it too. Would Reebok just make this guy a fucking pair of camo shorts? I mean, they really could have a star here. I yeah. hope he gets to the top. You know, this guy, he talks the talk. He stays loyal to where he's from in Arkansas, which is that accent is awesome. And he really takes advantage of the microphone. But to do it after a submission like that, good for him. Um, I mean, wow, just wow. You know, I, I know there might have been like Habib, you know, in the Connor fight and some higher profile fights. But Kenny, are there not too many other submissions other than a twister that are really such a rarity? Am I, am I wrong? And I think it's the only second uh, one that's been hit in the UFC, right, in, in history. John, John would probably know better than me. But yeah, it's listen, it, it is a very painful submission. It's one you don't see every day. Uh, not an easy move to pull off. The fact that he was able to pull it off. Um, when he did was very impressive. I have no problem with that pick, guys. That That's well done. All right, three categories to go, male and female fighter of the year, and then we'll close it out with the fight of the year. So we start here, guys, with our female fighter of the year. I went with Zhang Wei Li. It's interesting in going back and watching how Jessica Andrade became a UFC champion, right? And how I think we could have our knockout of the year discussion and maybe not even mention what she did against Rosanama Yunus, right? Amazing the manner in which she became a UFC champion. But for myriad reasons, the way Zhang Wei Li broke through in abruptly ending Jessica Andrade's reign less than 100 days, does it in her native country, becomes the first Chinese champion. And again, this is also a play on what I think her future holds, right? Obviously, a Hugely difficult first title defense against Ioana Yeon Jacek, but uh, I'm excited to see what Zhang Wei Li can do. You know, I don't think she's a paper champion in any way, shape, or form. I think she's going to be around and viable, not unlike Piotr Jan, for a long time. For me, the female fighter of the year, with respect to my good friend Amanda Nunes, was Zhang Wei Li. Ken Flo, for you and Ian Parker, it was Amanda Nunes. Ian, we'll start with you here. The Lioness, hard to argue with uh, 2019 fi female fighter of the year. John, I, I like what you did with your pick. You know, it's, it's good to see someone new break through, especially in a country where I don't think they've had a champion, you know, in a long time, especially in that weight ever. class. And someone, right, ever, right. And it's someone who could, her stop, you know, who could be the champion for a little bit. You know, obviously a tough test in Yolanda coming up. Listen, when it comes to Amanda Nunez, she has just done everything that some of these male fighters will never, ever do. And, and she might not even get the credit enough. And it's kind of crazy how 
still on a marketing standpoint, I don't believe she gets the true credit she deserves. I mean, just everything she's done, she's proud of who she is. She doesn't hide it, hide it, her personal life, nothing. And she goes out there and she dominates people. It's not her fault that some divisions lack depth in the division. You know, we could see a Valentina Shevchenko, you know, Amanda Nunez three. Not that I'm upset with that fight, even though Amanda's won twice. It's just unfortunately there's not a lot of contenders that can compete. And her dominance, I think her doing what she did to Cyborg really sealed the deal for her as the GOAT. Obviously, what she did to Ronda and everyone, but doing what she did again, she seems to be evolving. She's not slowing down. I love Amanda Nunez, and I really, I'd love to give her this award. I think she's the female fighter of the year. I would even put her as overall fighter of the year in that category as well. Ken Flo, two days before the calendar turned to 2019, she knocked out Chris Cyborg, right? The two wins this year, obviously Holly Holm in decisive, dramatic fashion, and then Jermaine Durand to me, more methodical there. But Amanda Nunes, nonetheless, your female fighter of the year for 2019. Yeah, John, I, listen, I, I like your pick. I, I went with Nunes, the fact that she really put an exclamation point on her being the greatest female fighter of all time this year. Uh, t- taking out Holly Holm uh, in the manner that she did, uh, getting the knockout, um, you know, uh, beating uh, Durandamy and, and the fashion that she did, showing a completely different style, um, showing some intelligence there, being consistent with her takedowns or positioning, all that stuff, um, I think sealed the deal for me. Um, you know, I, that, that's pretty much it. You know, I think Nunes is, uh, is just an amazing fighter. And an amazing human being and uh, and probably getting pretty wealthy at this point in time, which is very cool for her and Nina, who's a hell of a fighter in her own right. All right. Adam Snacks Geller, male fighter of the year. And we had a consensus here on the undisputed UFC middleweight champion, Israel Adesanya. We talked a couple weeks ago about all the champions, Kamar Usman, Henry Cejudo's name certainly deserves mention. Jorge Masvidal, obviously, uh, is going to get some hardware for fighter of the year in some other places on some other outlets. For me, I mean, it didn't even come down to the BMF title versus the undisputed UFC title. Uh, it came down to the wins back-to-back over Gastelum and then Whitaker. This was pretty easy for me, Ken Flo. 2019 Fighter of the Year, the last style bender, Israel Adesanya. Izzy. Uh, I, I mean, what a year, man. What, what a what an entry into the UFC and you look at how many fights later and in a short amount of time, uh, he is now the 185 pound champ and Robert Whitaker was so highly regarded. Kelvin Gastelum, an absolute beast. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't like those matchups for him. Um, Adesanya, his style, his, uh, consistency, his ability to get those, uh, you know, that knockout against Whitaker, just phenomenal stuff. This guy's operating at a completely different level. Um, I, I would say it's as impressive as what Conor McGregor did when he came in, perhaps even more so. Uh, Adesanya might have that belt for a long time, and he just might be uh, the biggest name in the sport uh, for, for several years to come. Ian, I knew you both had Israel Adesanya as the fighter of the year. I just couldn't talk myself off of his name. Just inside and outside the octagon, for my money, the guy is the total package and uh, richly deserving of everything that has come his way uh, after what was a huge year in 2019. Yeah, without kind of being redundant to what you and Kenny have already said, I think it came down to the level of competition. I do think the title stuff kind of mattered between that and the BMF, not taking anything away from Masvidal winning a, a title, whatever, you know, special customized yeah, belt, right. whatever it is. Um, I, I think what's more impressive is us is also him beating Usman out. You know, we can look back at Usman, who he's beaten throughout the year, and what he's done in his title reign with the high-level uh, competition and profile as well. Just Adesanya knocking out Whitaker, and then that 
epic battle with gas somewhere. Listen, he could have he could have folded in and lost. You know, he easily could have lost that fight at any point with Ga- with the way Kelvin fights. So it's kind of hard to see a guy come in and dominate the way he has, finish the year with the belt decisively. I mean, Whitaker was on some run, man, and to knock right, him out man. make it seem like there was that was cra- that was the crazy part. I did not think that Whitaker was going to get knocked out round two, maybe like due to exhaustion later on. I mean, after you see those fights with Romero, he took shots from Romero, who's not a human being. You know, he's an alien, right. and you know. <laughs> It's, I hope you didn't hear that. He doesn't live too far away from me. But uh, that's a compliment, Noel, please. Um, <laughs> you know, I just, uh, what Adesanya's done, I'm, and I love that he doesn't back down from the contenders. Remember I told you, he's smart. He was promoting Paulo Costa, at, you know, after the fight. I think yep. he's a smart kid. I think he's got the future. Sky's the limit. I hope he doesn't get in any stupid trouble. He doesn't seem like that guy. I think we could be seeing the next, like, LeBron James of MMA from someone in Israel Adesanya, as long as he keeps doing what he's doing. I just think the marketing's there. He's yeah. he's golden, man. He's golden. And I love me some Triple C. Shout out to Henry Cejudo. I just yeah. couldn't I couldn't land on any name other than Israel Adesanya. And that, of course, brings us to the 2019 Fight of the Year. Now, the unanimous choice for 2019's AFA Winner 4, Fight of the Year. Oh, man. Here we go. Kelvin Gasolum. Fighting for a piece of UFC gold for the first time in their respective careers. Don't get a whole lot bigger or better than this. He's throwing heat. Kelvin Gastelum is very capable of knocking Adesanya. And Adesanya knows that now, too. Oh, beautiful. Adesanya's getting going now. You can't be reckless. If you're Gastelum, you can't be reckless. Adesanya will snipe you. Under 90 seconds now to go. Oh! Adesanya has really fought well in his fifth round. Oh! Kelvin's in trouble. Might get a stoppage here. Big elbow from Adesanya. Kelvin's still fighting. Injury is trying to finish bottom. Wow. One of the greatest title fights you will see as Israel Adesanya and Kelvin Gastelum go the 25-minute distance. The Anakin Florian Podcast Awards. Audio courtesy UFC Fight Pass. UFC 236, Kenny, had the rare circumstance where the lighter weight class closed the show, right? So Max Holloway and Dustin Poirier for the interim lightweight title came after this fight. And for me, the fight between Gastelum and Adesanya was so good that I don't know if my gas tank was on empty because you acknowledged a couple weeks ago how good the main event between Holloway and Poirier was, and it was. But... Gaslam Adesani was just so good that it was hard for me to even remember the main event after those epic 25 middleweight minutes. It was ridiculous. It was like a movie-style fight. Both guys had opportunities to finish the fight. Uh, they had their moments. Uh, I thought it showed uh, a lot of intelligence as well during that fight. There were some great adaptations during that fight, change of game plans, um, a lot of drama back and forth. Uh, both guys were, were kind of beaten up and battered after the fight. Uh, in the end, it was Adesanya getting it done. And I think this particular fight has a lot to do with me picking Adesanya as fighter of the year as well. The fact that he had to deal with all this adversity uh, against a tough stylistic matchup in Kelvin Gastelum, I think really says a lot about the heart and determination uh, of this great champion in Israel Adesanya. Uh, what an absolute classic uh, in that one. Hell of a fight. I mean, with respect to, to calling that hunt, Bigfoot Silva fight with you in Brisbane in 2013. Yeah. I, this has got to be the best fight that I've called, Ian. Uh, 
Kelvin Gastelum, crazy too, how good he is, right? And what his year could have yeah. held, right? He had opportunities absolutely to finish the last style bender. Obviously, he had that fight against Whitaker go away on fight day, right? It's amazing to think that he could be the undisputed champion, and maybe he will be at some point in time, but uh, what a fight that was back in April, huh? Yeah, no, and, and it's funny you said that because when until Kenny mentioned Holloway and Poirier, I actually forgot that that was the main event and that this wasn't the co. Right. And it's funny because it just when you when you're on Twitter, like I know you guys when you're watching the fights and calling, you're probably not on social media, but I'm on Twitter all night and people are saying like, oh man, how are Holloway and Poirier going to follow this? This is insane, and they did a great job following it. But to Kenny's point, this was just cherry on top, cementing just Adesanya's gear. And the fact that he get you know wins a fight like that and then goes on to do what he did to Whitaker, just absolute, just crazy. But that's what you love in a, in a title fight like that. Two guys that just whoever, I mean, to your point, if Calvin Gaslam would have won, he could have been the champ, you know? And he still may at some point, but wow, what a fight, man. You'll, you'll never forget something like that. All right, that's a wrap on 2019. Before we get out of here, fellas, you know, this isn't made to offend anyone. I think past winners of the hottest male fighter like Tyron Woodley have actually appreciated the acknowledgement. Hottest male fighter for me in 2019 was Paolo Costa. I think he's a great person. He's misunderstood, super handsome, would love to trade bodies. Hottest male fighter of the year for me. Hey, real, real quick, real, real quick on that note, uh, Paula Costa, Bruce Buffer's mom's favorite fighter, and that's not a, a joke or a lie. That's the truth. Okay, there you go. Proof so of the there pudding. There you go. I mean, you know, we can't do hottest female fighter for obvious reasons, I think. Maybe it's a new category for 2021, or 2020, I should say. I don't know how well it would go, but uh, Ken Flo, for me, Bo Hashinia, uh Paulo Costa, hottest male fighter, and I don't care who knows it. <laughs> Listen, I mean, body-wise, the guy's got huh. the best body in the UFC. You know, oh. if you're a body guy, if you're into the body, uh, I mean, and, and he's a good-looking guy as well. I'll give him that. But, I mean, I could easily wash my gi on his abs. Uh, <laughs> the, the guy is uh, – uh, he's got a nice He-Man body, right, Ian? I mean, you love it. You love this conversation. We're making Ian very uncomfortable right now. Yeah. What's going on I down below? I don't really below? know how. What's going on down below now? Can we ask that? <laughs> I'm I'm so mad that I'm wearing sweatpants right now. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. I'm glad this is above an above the waist conversation right now. Um, you know. So wait, Kenny, who are you going with? Paulo Costa also? Is that really happening right now? I, I didn't really have a, a name. Hey, well, I didn't come prepared for that category. Yeah. Leave him alone. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. Expect. I'll go with that. It's okay, Ian. If you don't, I have was a... gonna, I would no. I was gonna be funny. I was gonna say, listen, you know. I, sometimes you got to go with the guy that people kind of look outside the box. And I think beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I think someone like Alexei Olnick should definitely get this award because he kind of has that lovable Shrek look. And you know what? He got Fiona. And um, I'm going to go complete opposite end of the spectrum here. I like that. <laughs> and yeah. I'm trying to do this. And I'm trying to start laughing. But this is probably the funniest category because John's face is so serious. Kenny <laughs> took this to a different level. He wants to wash his gi. There's going to be a huge Kenny Florian fan that really got super excited when he heard that Kenny was going to wash his gi on Paul Costa's abs yeah. and, and, me, and me wearing sweatpants while watching that ball. So this is really uh, – I wasn't prepared, but I actually was planning Alexei Olnick for the last three weeks. I was just throwing that out there. That's good. I was prepared. I know. I like it. Yeah, hey, you've hey. listened to the podcast in the past, so you know that this is oh, a category. Man. TJ, go ahead. Ian, how is this above-the-waist uh, conversation when you're always talking out of your ass? 
Ooh. Mm, that was better than your dad joke before, but that's okay. All right. Am I talking? <laughs> you know, him I, listen, it's, it's a new year. He wants to roast the duck a little bit. It's okay. Yeah, yeah I roasted understand. the duck. There you go. Much I, you gave me a little, a little duck roast right there. Much it's okay. TJ, TJ, new year. I'm just going to kill you with kindness, bro. I, I love you. I love All you. Right. Before we get out of here, and by the way, thanks to TJ DeSantis for all the great work behind the glass, getting the award show together. Uh, Kenny Florian can't necessarily pronounce all of the cities in which he will be doing Brazilian (laughs) Jiu-Jitsu seminars across the UK later this month, but he is going, folks. So to our listeners in the UK or maybe to guys like Ian Parker who want to make the trip from Parkland, Florida to Cardiff, Wales, Ken Flo is going to be across the UK the week of Monday, January 27th, doing jiu-jitsu seminars beginning in Cardiff, Wales, going through January 31st across the UK. Go to his Instagram page, and if you ha- if you see the gym on there, you can sign up and, and figure out a way. I think in 2019, uh, if that's not enough information, uh, I- I'm not really sure what to tell you. Ian, anything else before we let you go? You look pretty good on video. I mean, not the hottest male fighter of the year. Uh, you know, people get more offended if you say, like, guys who aren't nominated. You know, like, two years ago, I was like, yeah, Josh Emmett didn't get a nomination. You know, it's like, poor Nick Lentz <laughs> sitting out there waiting for his hottest male fighter of the year. You know, people, I mean, dude, people say a lot of shit about me. They say I look like the fucking Babel Bagel Boss guy. You want that comparison? So, <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm literally... Wow, that wow. Is, that's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. See, I've gotten some pretty bad ones. I got to lose right. weight be- just because of that comparison. You know what I mean? That's All a right. pretty good. That's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> All right, that is it. Uh, to everyone out there listening and subscribing to that new YouTube channel, we appreciate that. That video worldwide every week. Now, next week is a pay-per-view week, so we'll get to UFC 246. McGregor v. Cowboy. Conor McGregor is back for the first time since 2019 or 18. Jesus. Full preview predictions all coming your way next Monday. That is January 13th. Until then, to everybody in Australia, we're praying for you. For Ian Parker and Kenny Florian, I'm John Anik. Have a great week. Don't text and drive. You'll later. Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and wagering week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, we take on a couple of villains to sort out whether bad stuff is also illegal stuff. George Santos won a seat in Congress by lying to voters, but is that a crime? And Kanye West made it clear he hates Jews. In England, he'd go to jail for that. Here in America, did he commit a hate crime? Listen to Too Many Lawyers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.